Welcome to the Serving Leaders Podcast, where we talk about health and ministry leadership. On this episode, you will hear Serving Leaders Counselor John Sovacool talk with Lindsay Kimball, a licensed counselor and current member care director of Surge, a global mission organization. So we are joined today by Lindsay Kimball, and we're sitting in a conference room at Surge Home Office here in Jenkintown, PA. Lindsay, it's great to have you join us. It's great to be here. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more about Surge later on in the pod, but first, Lindsay, I want to talk about why you were such a high-priority guest for us. Uh, I first got to know you when you asked me to help interview and assess missionary candidates for Surge. Uh, that was a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I think, when you approached me about that. And we actually jointly interviewed a number of candidates together. And just the way that you handled yourself in those interviews, the insight, the genuine care that you showed the candidates, it just it made it so that I was not at all surprised when you were asked to become the member care director at Surge. And now you help oversee over 300 missionaries in more than 26 countries. Did I I get that right? Mm -hmm. And we'll certainly get into that. But you're also a licensed professional counselor with legitimate clinical chops. And if that wasn't enough, you've also served as a missionary on the field yourself. Um, And so with that blend of training and experience, we're really excited to have you weigh in on a very specific and sometimes overlooked category of ministry leaders, mm-hmm. and that is the missionary. Yeah. yeah. So, as I mentioned a moment ago, you have served as a missionary um, first, um, and you were with Surge at the time, and you started off doing an internship in Prague in 2008. So I was wondering if you could just tell us a bit about what was going on in your life at that time that really drew you into that work. Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for that introduction. I'm really grateful for the partnership with serving leaders that we've had um, over the last few years. So I think a lot of people, a lot of stories I hear from missionaries who are sent out have like grown up knowing missionaries and have always kind of felt a call overseas. And I never really felt that growing up. I mean, I went to college on the other side of Pennsylvania and got homesick. So I had never really imagined serving overseas as a missionary. Um, But in college, I did a semester in Florence, Italy, and traveled all around Europe on the weekends. And, And that was the first time I started to kind of see the spiritual climate in a lot of these major European cities. And so I started doing some research about missions in Europe. And kind of wondering, like, is this a thing? Do people go and serve in Europe and and try to build up the church there? And it was, in fact, a thing. (laughs) And in kind of Googling mission organizations, I found Surge. And I actually grew up in Doylestown, so not that far from Surge's home office, but I had never heard of it. And so they had a summer internship program for college grads, and I decided to sign up, kind of hoping to kind of just get missions out of my system, like do it and then move on and start a career. Um, but here I'm at, here I am at Surge. It's 2021, so it's been a while. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's how I, I started. I spent two months with Surge's long-term mission team in Prague as a summer intern. And then two years later, in 2010, you find yourself in Vienna mm-hmm. on another Surge team, and you were there working for two years on a church planning team. And what was it about, I'm curious, what was it about your Prague experience that sort of led, prompted you to say, yeah, let me sign up for 
another yeah. two years of this? That's a great question. When I was a summer intern, a lot of what happens in a search internship is you're mentored by a long-term missionary. Mm-hmm. And so I went through something called the Sonship Course while I was an intern in Prague. And the Sonship Course is all about, as a believer, understanding your own need for the gospel and that we really are beloved sons and daughters and that the, the work of the cross really is finished, not just for the people we're taking the gospel to, but for us. And as I went through that course and mentoring and life with these longer-term missionaries, I saw that missionaries are really normal people. <laughs> They're people who, you know, God is working through their weaknesses. And so suddenly um, I felt like, okay, I, I am equipped to go into the mission field, not because of any special skills, but because I have a Father in Heaven who loves me. And he doesn't need me to go, but he frees me to go. And that was a total paradigm shift for me. And it's what really made me consider long-term missions, which you know, formerly had been something very scary to me um, and very costly. And, and it was costly, you know, but th- that paradigm shift of I am beloved by the Most High King, it freed me to, to go and, and think about a longer-term call to missions. Mm. All right, so Prague, Vienna, two different countries, two different experiences. But I'm wondering if you could just reflect collectively on both of those experiences and share with us just a little bit about what was what was hard about your missionary experience. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, I especially my time in Vienna, working with a, a new church plant, th- there was a lot that was hard about it. I was very young. I had not really had full-time ministry experience yet. Um, and I was on a very small team. And about six months into my term, my the other family that was on my team had to leave and go back to the U.S. Um, for a family emergency. And they were gone. They were gone for another six months. And so suddenly I was in Vienna helping to keep a very young church plant going at age 23. And I didn't fully know the language. I, I didn't have a big community to support me. And... It was, it was one of the hardest seasons I've ever had. Um, I think, you know, one thing I learned working with missionaries and, and being a missionary is that we struggle in all the same ways that anyone listening to this podcast is struggling, you know. So mental health struggles, loneliness, isolation, all of that. And th- those were all pieces of my experience that were really hard. Sure. On the other side of the coin, what would you say were some of the more rewarding aspects serving overseas yeah I I mean I loved living in Vienna aside from the the really hard ministry things that were difficult I I met some Austrian friends who became like family to me I was you know you go in wanting to serve and I was I was loved and served so well by my Austrian friends and welcomed in and met in my weakness um but I think Another piece was it was it's it was really special to get to be part of this like new church plant. You know, there were like nine of us when the church started and two years ago I got to go back for the tenth anniversary of the church plant and go to their church retreat and there were over a hundred people there, a lot of them young Austrians who are now leaders in the church and to get to see what God has done with that over the years, it, it it's really special. Yeah, especially given how hard it is yeah. for church plants to get off the ground. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, Lindsay, not all of our listeners might 
be familiar with Surge, and you know it is an organization worth knowing about. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into what makes Surge somewhat unique from the typical mission sending agency, first tell us a little bit about Surge's roots and and how it got started. Okay, so Surge actually was formerly called World Harvest Mission, so some listeners might have heard of that name, but it was started by Jack and Rosemary Miller, and Dr. Jack Miller was a professor at Westminster um, and a pastor in the Philly area. And in the 70s, he started New Life Presbyterian Church, which I believe is now New Life Drusher. And that church began sending short-term trips to Ireland and to Africa. And as they did that, the church really caught a vision for global mission. But the other thing that Jack Miller was catching a vision for is this idea of we can't take the gospel to the nations unless we're continually taking it to our own heart. So he became very passionate about renewal for the believer, of helping believers renew their joy in the gospel and really believing that they're loved and believing that that actually compels people into mission. And so that's a lot of kind of how Surge started. It kind of grew out of this missions committee at New Life Presbyterian. And eventually, I think in 83, they, they formed World Harvest Mission so they could send people long term. And the surge is now what it's called, and it's an unusual spelling, S-E-R-G-E, right? Yes. Yes, and the word surge, it's actually a sewing term. So it's a, it's a surge stitch, if you kind of turn over the hem of your sleeve. It's the stitch that kind of binds two edges of fabric together. And we use that, our tagline is Grace at the Fray, so we use that to talk about God working through our brokenness and the world's brokenness and need and, mm-hmm. and weaving beauty out of it and redemption. So, wow. yeah. so following Vienna, uh, in 2012, you started working in Serge's home office. Mm-hmm. And you have held a number of different positions here over the years. Recruiter, Sonship Mentor, Global Learning Leader, Associate Director of Mission, and now you are, of course, member care director. Did, did I miss any? I think that's it. Okay. <laughs> I think that's it. Tell us a little bit about what's involved with your current role. Yes, with my current role. So Surge puts a big emphasis on member care, and member care is just a term in the missions world that means the care we try to provide for our missionaries. From the time that they're appointed as workers with us through the support raising season to their time on the field and then their re-entry. Um, so that's what I mean when we say member care. So because at Surge we have this big belief that we are weak and broken people who desperately need Jesus, <laughs> like we need air, um, we obviously believe that we we need to provide care for our workers, robust care. And so my team, it's a team of 13 people. It's a great team. I'm privileged to get to be on it. But what we do is try to provide care so that our workers can really not just survive life on the field, but so that they can thrive and flourish on the field and actually stay for a long time. Um, we want their their sacrifice to be done with some sustainability for their families, for their marriages, as individuals. And so that's what the member care team really focuses on. We do that in a few different ways. We 
we have a third culture kid resource team and and that team focuses just on how to serve missionary kids um, how to help do education planning with their parents for these kids how to help them through transitions every surge worker is assigned a member care associate and that person really walks with them through their time on the field we do a lot of crisis management when there's a crisis we pair a lot of workers up with counselors that sort of thing so which is always a good thing. Yeah, it is. It is. So in the midst of, of wearing all these hats for Surge, you you pick up this counseling degree from Biblical Theological Seminary, now Missio Seminary. What what prompted you to pursue, I don't think I've ever asked you this before, but what prompted you to pursue a master's degree in counseling in the midst of all this missions work? Yeah, that's a good question. I A lot of it was actually my experience in Vienna. You know, I think... <clears throat> In college, as I was thinking about, you know, life after missions, what I wanted to do, I, mm-hmm. I had thought about pursuing a counseling degree. I really always loved listening to friends and hearing their stories, and I loved, you know, helping people through hard things. Um, but when I was overseas in Vienna, I really came to the end of myself in a lot of ways and realized how hard life on the field is and how few resources there are. Yeah. for workers in a lot of these places. Mm. Um, and I was really helped by a few counselors in my life during my time on the field. So I really came back to the U.S. with a passion to eventually work in missionary care. Mm. My first job at Surge, though, was as a recruiter, which was actually pretty funny because I was on the phone with people who were telling me they wanted to go overseas, and I just wanted to tell them, don't go. It's not worth the cost. It's terrible. Um, so I quickly moved into like a gospel renewal role, which was it was a much better fit for me. Because you were driving candidates away. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was, so that's hilarious. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, Surge is is super intentional about weaving the gospel into their work and their mission. And and you mentioned it's it's in their their tagline, their motto, "Grace mm-hmm. at the fray." And actually looked up the definition of fray, um, and it means to become worn at the edges mm-hmm. is one of the definitions that's used. And one thing I've heard missionaries say is how hard 2020 yeah. and 2021 this year has been. And, and you hear from missions teams all over the world, what, what stories of, of fray are you hearing about? You know, without, of course, sharing any names or anything like that. But what, what are some of the themes? What are some of the stories that you're hearing um, missionaries go through during this season? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I know everyone listening to this has been profoundly impacted by this year. It's been a global experience of trauma. Yeah. Um, and Surge very quickly had to figure out what does it mean to be a global mission agency in the midst of a pandemic where... Um, it, that looked different in every place our workers are in. So in some of our European cities where we have church planting teams, like in Granada, Spain, or in London, their lockdowns were so strict, like stricter than anything we faced, where the kids couldn't even play outside, you know. So we're, we're suddenly trying to kind of walk with our workers through just profound experiences of isolation. And, and some of these workers had parents or family members back in the U.S. who were sick with COVID, you know, and travel wasn't really possible. <laughs> um, and so there was that experience. We had people suddenly wondering, like, how do I do my ministry work in light of COVID? And I know for pastors listening to this, like, you guys were navigating the same thing. 
But then we had, you know, teams in East Africa where we have hospitals and we're training doctors where there's no ventilators, like anywhere in the country, for instance. And, and so those teams were really scrambling to think through, like, how do we walk with our local community if COVID were to have an outbreak here? And so all of our workers' experience was somewhat different. Um, I think what we're experiencing now is a lot of crisis fatigue. Like we've, we've all gone through this year of so much trauma that kind of became normalized as, it, as the pandemic went on. Um, but as people are finally kind of catching their breath, there, there's a lot of crisis fatigue. Um, so that's one thing we're looking at right now, um, how, to, how to help our leaders, especially of our teams who have kind of postponed their furloughs and home assignments, how to help them get a season of rest. And, and so I would imagine there's this pent-up demand for people who, who missed out on their furloughs, missed out on visits from family who are really wanting to, to visit, travel. And, like, that's got to be tough because if the whole team just all of a sudden leaves, yeah, there's nothing left in that country. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we talk about, like, stories of grace at the fray. Like, some of those are just a few weeks ago with the how rampant COVID is running in Southeast Asia. We have a retired doctor couple who is there. They were finally able to get the vaccine in the country. And so instead of coming back to the U.S., they went and opened a COVID ICU in this village in Southeast Asia and are just working around the clock. And that they're a couple that because of their age, we would have wanted to bring them home. But instead, they were able to get the vaccine and they're, um, they're really at the fray, you know. We have other teams in European cities that are thinking through, okay, we just went through this profound experience of suffering with our neighbors. Mm. Um, we, we stayed here during the pandemic and had this shared experience of suffering with our neighbors. What does it look like to open up conversations with them to kind of debrief what this experience is like? Mm. And we're seeing relationships form from that and, and God bringing fruit from that. And so those are some stories of like where, where we do see grace at the fray in this yeah. season. Another, another piece was we had, tw- I think, twice as many new missionaries come join Surge since the beginning of COVID than we had the year before. And so people are responding to God's call. <laughs> like people are, people in the U.S. are even in a year of lockdown, are considering, you know, what and where is God calling me to, which is exciting for us. Yeah, it is. And with all this crisis fatigue that you mentioned, it's it's got to put a little bit of an extra burden on the member care team, I would yeah. imagine. And I, I know you did a webinar at the end of last year just trying to help people walk through the loss that they've experienced. and. Mm-hmm. Was that part motivated partly by that, that what you guys were seeing and in in this crisis fatigue? It was, yeah. It was. And so our, our goals, I think, like most organizations, our goals rapidly changed <laughs> last spring. Um, and it suddenly became about, you know, how, how can we really proactively care for our, our workers overseas help them through this season, even as our own member care team, you know, and our own home office staff was all experiencing this. But we really put a lot of focus into providing avenues for connection for our workers because of the isolation. We had, every four years, we have a big mission-wide conference, and that was 
supposed to be in May 2020. So that was canceled, and it was a, that felt like a huge, um, just a huge blow to our workforce because our workers look forward to that. And so, you know, we tried to provide more like company-wide Zoom gatherings. We did a few worship services on Zoom during special holidays. We even did like virtual hangouts for our third culture kids, for our missionary kids for different ages. We tried to provide connection, and then we just tried to provide resources for mental and emotional wellness. And a lot of that looked like connecting our workers to counselors. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a great bench of counselors who who love working with our missionaries. Um, and, and they don't... They, they work for other organizations. They're not just surge counselors, but um, we have this external bench, and they, they've done great work with our people. Mm. So. Well, Lindsay, thank you for your time so far, and I look forward to continuing discussing uh, this in part two. Great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us for our next episode at Serving Leaders Ministries podcast. If you like this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe and rate it five stars. For additional resources or to find out more about our counseling services, you can go to www.servingleaders.org.